How's everybody doing today? My name is Steven Rosenberg, and with me I have a very special guest, Michelle, who is the founder, the owner, and the designer of Stitch and Stone. Thank you. Michelle, thanks Hi. so much for being Hello. on the podcast. My pleasure. Uh, Michelle caught my eye. I saw her at a pop-up event at the WeWork um, uh, big award ceremony, and I really, really fell in love with mm -hmm. what Michelle is doing for a couple of reasons. One, her product is phenomenal and it definitely stuck out to me from all the other products out there, but also because she's an entrepreneur at heart and I wanna kinda get you on and, sure. and really tell the world what you're about, okay. where you came from, and yeah. uh, what your goal is. Um, thank you for the lovely introduction. Um, I have always dabbled in jewelry making and entrepreneurship. Um, in junior high, I would sell nail polish and little necklaces um, to my friends in the hallways. People would come up to me and say, oh, you're the jewelry girl, and I'd, <laughs> you know, take orders from them. So it was really? early, yeah. So you're a hustler. Um, I'm a hustler, what can I say? It's good. Um, my parents had a jewelry and Judaica business um, when I was growing up, started about when I was 11. Okay. And I would go with them to all the craft fairs and travel, and I would have a little section at their booth where I could sell things that I made. Mm -hmm. So it was always a hobby. It was always um, so exciting to sell what I was making and talk to the people. That was what I loved about it too, just interacting with the customers. Okay. And, um, so fast forward, we moved to Austin um, in 2011. I was a teacher and certifying to um, move my credentials from New York to Texas. Okay. And in the meantime, I stumbled upon all these great artist markets on South Congress, and I was like, ooh, I wanna do that, that looks like so much fun. Um, let me figure this out, so I was talking to people, and uh, I was able to have a little booth. I started out sharing with another lady and sold a few things here and there. Um, and then, little by little, people started knowing I was there, coming back, I had my own booth, and it just grew. Um, from there, I stopped, you know, pursuing the teaching, and I really started doing this full time. Yeah. So, what made you do the switch? Just because it started becoming profitable? Yeah, financially, yeah. Like, we were we were able to just do the the one or two weekend days and probably make more money than I would teaching full time. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And then I started an Etsy shop which got a lot of traction because so many people were seeing my things at the market. So people were coming to my online businesses as well. Um, picked up a few stores here and there that were carrying my things wholesale in Austin and around the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, before I knew it, <laughs> we, were, we were rocking and rolling. Yeah. yeah. So where does the passion come from? I mean, I guess well, yeah. you can't just do this. Oh, no. Well, there's two. For me, okay. one is creating. I love just, that's my flow. Like they say, you need to find your flow. So sitting down with a box of beads and supplies, I don't do much like planning and pre-designing. I just sit and then like start, <laughs> my fingers just go and start pulling the things. And um, so that process of like creating something from nothing is really exciting for me. I love um, that, And then the selling, I love selling. I love being out there with the, um, customers and talking to people and helping them find something that they like. Um, that's just, it gives me a lot of energy to really? like, be out with the people. Yeah, Especially in Austin because mm -hmm. um, the thing about Austin is 
people come from everywhere, the people who live here are from everywhere, and then there's a constant influx of tourists, which is just really exciting to me um, to talk to people and meet people from everywhere in the world. Everywhere in the world, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what is some of the goals moving mm -hmm. forward with it? What, how do you see it in yes. 10, 20 years? Yes, yes, all good questions. Um, <laughs> I'm not 100% um, sure where I do see it. Um, of course, all different ideas are floating in my head at all times. One is having a retail location. Mm -hmm. um, I like it, but it also seems a bit limiting and tying me down to one spot, especially I have a family. So okay. um, the lifestyle that we have now is pretty nice because I can be home during the week and then work on my schedule, be with my son during the day, and then um, on the weekends we all go out and it's fun, like a little family business. Um, so, having a store is just like more overhead and responsibility, but I love the idea of creating a space um, in the community where people can come. Um, I have the idea of like holding workshops there, yeah. so like make your own jewelry night, make your own terrarium night, it's just a place for people to come and be creative. Mm -hmm. um, so that really appeals to me, and that is definitely on the maybe list. Okay. Um, another idea is to have an Airstream that I deck out. What's to an be, Airstream? Oh, like a trailer, like a like a little mobile shop. Oh, okay, that I, okay. That I trail, um, and I can set it up as a jewelry shop. Okay. Um, there are a few of them already in Austin. So really? Different things, yeah. Where you can like build your own, or you just mean they travel? No, like I would purchase an Airstream trailer. Okay. Like, like a motorhome. Mm -hmm. And gut it, and turn it into a little boutique, and then bring it to different places. Okay. So either a festival or parking lot that I know is yeah. going to be busy, so, um, but the challenge with that is finding spaces where, it's, where I'm allowed to bring it. Okay, tell me a little bit about that. Is there a limiting factors to it? Do you no, have to pay? I don't know. I, don't know. It's a, I have to do the research okay. first. Um, there are some like food truck lots that have a few boutique mm -hmm. trailers in it as well. Basically like a food truck concept, but with a boutique Jewelry. item yeah. inside. Yeah. Um, so finding out the logistics of that okay. or something I need to do. So one thing I want to talk about that you mentioned is your Etsy mm -hmm. success. Yes. I think that's very exciting. I mean, I'm all about social media and technology and mm -hmm. all these things. I mean, what, tell me about that, like how that kind of came to mm -hmm. life for you. Cause I think that's crazy from being able, yeah. you're like in this stable teacher environment, yeah. nine to five situation. And yeah. you're eventually able to outgrow that. Etsy is interesting. Um, online is interesting. I, after college, I started selling handbags on eBay and, you know, supported myself for like a year just doing that, living in the city. Um, and then it got a little like my home is turning into a warehouse, so I <laughs> stopped that. You're talking place. about in the city of? In Manhattan. In Manhattan. I, yeah, this was after yeah. college. Okay. So that gave me like a taste of selling things online. Okay. That could be lucrative and... Um, you supported you know. yourself. Yeah. I mean, in Manhattan, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. And I learned how to do it because um, in high school, I took like a part-time job as this lady's assistant who had an eBay business and she taught me how to list her things. So really? That was my job for like $8 an hour or something. So every job you take will teach you something. But you got an education. <laughs> I got an education. Yeah. And, um, so I did that, and then I had an Etsy shop always, and um, sold a thing here, here and there, and then little by little it just got more traction. I don't know exactly how it happened. I think 
possibly from a lot of people going to my shop from the market. You know, people who saw me um, set up and then they went to my Etsy shop and so that got me more views, which got me higher rankings. Were you doing that in Manhattan? No, this was, okay. this was in Austin. Only right? Austin, yeah. okay. Um, in Austin is where I really started the jewelry business okay. full time. Um, and it's very dependent on the season. Like I will do more business in November and December than the rest of the year combined. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and it has a lot to do with your keywords, your social media placement, you know, um, I try to balance my posting so that I get a lot of views, but I also don't overpost, so that's like a strategy that I work on. Okay. Um, doing different things on Instagram with trying to get um, more followers. I don't know, it's just I'm constantly posting and trying to build it up. Yeah, I mean, I think Instagram, and I, I we talked a little bit about this, I think Instagram is that next Pinterest for mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. to where it can really make you pop. Right. Tell people how they can find you on Instagram, because okay. I'm obsessed with getting <laughs> your followership up, because Thank you have you. amazing work. Thank I mean, it, it really is impressive. Um, yes, it's uh, Stitch and Stone, spelled out ATX. So Stitch and Stone ATX is my Instagram handle. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Stitch and Stone. Uh, yeah. Anywhere else? Website um, or? Yeah, my Etsy shop is Stitch and Stone Design. And then I have a stitchandstone.com. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I also, when we were talking about where I see myself in the future, um, is wholesale. So I'm really trying okay. to reach out to boutiques and um, build up my image that way to try to um, be more like a wholesale brand to get into lots of different stores. Because it's just me right now, and I think that's limiting in a way. When I was selling at the markets, I had a huge, huge line because we just make stuff and bring it and sell it, and that worked really well That's because it. people would just come and look. But if I want to get into wholesale, I have to be a little bit more um, like streamlined and regimented. So I'm trying to work on that now to come up with more of a cohesive line and something that identifies me more as a brand mm -hmm. rather than just like a shop that has all different types of things. So what are some of the major hurdles? I mean, like, give me give me your dream of, like, where you would be. Uh, well, you know, Kendra Scott is very inspiring. Okay. I don't know if you know her, because I didn't before I moved to Texas, but it's a very um, popular line that started out in Austin. Okay. Uh, she has a shop on South Congress, and she um, has just really, like, grown her brand extremely well, where she's in shops all over the country. Really? And um, Kendra Scott? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's pretty streamlined, like... It's very identifiable and um, you see it and you know it's her. So I think I would like to um, have more of a brand that's associated with me rather than how I'm doing it now, which is great for the market situation where there's really something for everybody. People come and they're like, it could be a, like a 75 year old woman and a 13 year old girl and they can both find something that they love, mm -hmm. um, which is great. Um, but I need to focus more on having like a, I'm trying to think of the word, that's associated with me, like a line that's associated mm -hmm. with me. Yeah. So. so, you know, one thing I always do on this podcast mm -hmm. is one, I love to hear what 
like a big dream of yours okay. is because if we can make it happen <laughs> we definitely will right. <laughs> and then the second thing is if you had one question mm -hmm. you could ask to a huge audience mm. what would that question be mm, okay yeah all right well um i would absolutely love to have a shop on south congress okay um that would be like the goal for me the the go-to for yeah because that was really how my success happened being on south congress mm -hmm. just one day a week and um unfortunately with like the way that the block is changing new ownership and different establishments the spots for vendors and um makers are getting smaller and smaller okay. there's only a few venues for us to sell now okay and a lot of people who want to so um I would absolutely love to have a permanent location there and even the idea has crossed my mind to have a bigger space that I could rent little areas to other artists mm. so it'd kind of be like a co-op um, really to bring the market to bring the uncertainty um, of the market into an actual brick-and-mortar location where people could have the opportunity to sell where they normally wouldn't be able to afford you know, real estate on South Congress, but they can have a shelf or a little wall space where they can showcase their items to, you know, such a big market of people. That's very interesting concept. Yeah. So what do you think the market is like here in Austin of that kind of demographic? I mean, that's something I don't know a lot Making about. Makers? Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Is, it's huge. is it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people um, with, you know, ranging sizes of businesses. Okay. Um, some people do it as a hobby, part-time, full-time. A lot of people do it full-time. Um, and I think the major challenge is finding places to sell their work. Really? Mm -hmm. That's like the problem that you want to help solve, not only for yourself, but for all these other yeah. people. Yeah. I think that's an amazing <laughs> cause. I really do. Mm -hmm. So you guys should definitely follow her <laughs> and check out her store. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm.